Hi guys, I'm Anna and this is another live talk interview with a creative person and in today's live talk I'd like to introduce Kemal Forrester. She is a fashion business consultant and uh, she gives independent designers the tools and resources to build brands. So I'm going to ask you questions about what a new brand or a designer needs to know first and what kind of difficulties can be like avoided and other questions. So one moment, I'm going to connect. Hello. Hi Anna, how are you? I'm well, nice to see you. Yes, same. Thank you for uh, coming. <laughs> I mean, well, I'm glad that that little Instagram glitch cleared up just in time. Yeah, I agree. I was worried about this. I said, oh, something wrong with the Instagram. Maybe it will not be like able to do it. And just maybe something wrong with my Wi-Fi. But okay, finally, everything is as well. How are you? How's the weather in Paris? I'm doing well. The weather is great. Today was, you know, sunny. It's like uh, 50s here. So it's that's good. Oh, great. I live in well, How about Greece? Yes, I live in Greece. We have uh, quite cold, <laughs> not typical for Greece, quite okay. cold, uh, plus 10, maybe like this, but I think in two weeks will be better, uh, I hope. <laughs> okay, are you ready for the first questions? Maybe we can start? Yes, I am ready. Great. Tell us about yourself and what do you do? So I am a fashion business consultant um, for independent designers. I basically give them the tools and resources to take their concepts and turn them into brands. So I got my start working in the fashion industry. You know, I've worked for brands like Coach, Brooks Brothers, Diane von Furstenberg. And also, you know, when I first started out, I wanted to be a designer before I even started officially working in fashion. And I was like, how can I help designers because I knew what the struggle was. A lot of designers struggle with things like finding sourcing and stuff like that. So I said, since I know I understand those pain points, perhaps I can help them and leverage my connections, my resources and my knowledge to help them get to where they, they want to go. Oh, yes, great. And uh, for you, was it easy or difficult first time when you started? For which for... Uh, when you just was thinking about to be a designer, was it difficult or it was just like unknown and uh, why you decided like to change your direction after? I mean, like, No, I haven't changed my direction. I just put it on hold because now I decided to get back into designing. Oh, wow. But what I recognized was how overwhelming it is, especially and a lot of these designers don't have a team. They're working as solopreneurs. So to do everything by yourself, whether it's developing the collection, you know, even starting the brand and what the brand's going to be about, what's the brand's story, uh, finding sourcing, manufacturing, and also even in finding it, a lot of times they don't know how to approach it. They don't know the right questions to ask, how to negotiate, um, how to be pricing their products, all those things that are vital to the success of a prop, you know, of a brand. Uh-huh, and that's why a fashion career like advisor or consultant is a great way to get it, yes? And can you tell me a bit like in detail about this, how important it is and uh, like it is a wise investment for like independent designers or fashion startups? Yeah, it is a wise investment and I say this not just because I'm a consultant, but 
a lot of designers don't know what they want to do. Or if they do, they don't understand that running a fashion business is different than just designing and selling a design. So I always classify designers in two categories. They're fashion artists, meaning they're making these pieces that they're expressing themselves and then putting a price on it, you know, a price on it and selling it. Or they actually want to design for a specific audience. So in coming to a consultant, someone like me can help you to understand the best you know, way forward as a designer. Because it's okay to make custom pieces and sell it. But it's we help you to understand that without all this financial output, only to realize, like, no, that's not really what I want to do. Because this is an expensive business to get into. It's a lot of financial resources and time. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to you don't want to waste any of that. The other part of it is that basically uh, how the fashion industry is run is very different from independent designers. So when you work at fashion brands, they have fashion calendars and they're putting out stuff that's to, you know, up to four seasons in advance. So they're doing all this product development, they're costing and things like that. So designers need to understand you can't just design for you. And you have to figure out who your customer is so that when you're designing, it's going to make sense for that audience. Otherwise, no one's going to buy. So a consultant helps you to figure all of that out, including branding, marketing, PR, promotion. Because as a consultant, we have networks of our own of people that we can tap into or connections that we can tap into to get you what you need. Um, because I, I, you know, now there's Clubhouse and a lot of people are jumping in. And the resources that people are beginning to access on Clubhouse is only because people like me and other industry people are sharing those resources with them to a point that they wouldn't otherwise not have access to. Is it a long-term workshop or is it a short-term in general for a young or a new designer or a brand to work with a, a fashion consultant, I mean, fashion advisor? Well, I, I can't speak to other consultants, but what I try to do is work with designers and teach them the skills that they need to run their business on their own. So I look at it like um, I'm a tricycle. I'm the training wheels. So I'm helping them learn to ride the bicycle to get to the point where they take me off and they can ride on their own. As That's basically what I do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree. Great. Uh, and what about, um, what does a new brand or designer need to know first if they want to make a business in fashion? Like your mm. tips, recommendations. What's your story? Right? There's so many brands out there. What is your story going to be? And in that story, who are you talking to? Who's your customer? Right? So you need to have all that figure out because it's not like before. Now, consumers want to work with, I'm sorry, invest in brands that they feel that they can connect with. They need this authenticity and transparency. So, you know, a lot of people compare themselves to like Dior and these larger brands. It's different. Now, independent brands, customers want to know, can I relate to you? You know, are you speaking to me? Do I feel like I can connect with your brand and what it's and what and, and, and your brand's values? That's very important. Mm-hmm. And what about the budget usually? Like uh, how much like for PR, like for a PR campaign and how much money do they need to be ready to pay? Because without PR, I think nothing is possible. So here's the thing. Yes. Nothing's happening in a vacuum. Everything works together. The number one thing is branding. 
without branding, you can't move forward to product development and you can't move forward to marketing and PR. You just can't. So basically you have to set up the blueprint where, okay, this is the brand story. These are our values. This is what we're going to sell. This is who we're talking to. And then from there you can do PR, but PR doesn't always have to be paid. I mean, now with the pandemic, it can be something as simple as look as collaborating with another brand that might have a larger audience that is the same audience or similar audience as yours. So all, you know, visibility or marketing doesn't have to be paid. So it's, it's, it depends on what you want to do. I guess there, yeah. just, I'm sorry. Can a help me. Yes. Can a consultant help me to find uh, uh, platforms or someone who can collaborate with me or who can, I don't know, just present my uh, uh, like garments or I don't know, items. Well, Is a lot. Of, so here's the thing. A lot of times consultants are already working with other designers. So if you come to them and your brand is similar to, to them or has a similar audience, now they can go to that other client and say, hey, you know, you guys can do a collaboration together, do this whole campaign for exposure, for visibility. So, you, you know, or even our colleagues, I can go to, you know, a colleague of mine who's a PR person say, hey, do you have a client that's da 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 and we can match, you know, designers up with the right brands to collaborate with for this, vis- you know, this visibility and exposure. Oh, it's possible. Like, like a community, they help each other, right? Exactly. Oh, it's great. Mm-hmm. Yes, especially for a new brand or a designer who has maybe no budget or who doesn't know how to work. Not only that, even yeah. breaking into a new market because mm-hmm. every market is not the same. What works in New York, you know, New York is different than Paris. Paris is different than London. So sometimes just breaking into a new market, you may, you would need, you need someone else in that market who can kind of, you know, uh, boost your credibility. Mm-hmm. So even for that. Uh-huh. If the budget is small, is it better to invest in promoting uh, social media accounts or building a marketing team or something else? It, it really depends on what the business goals are. There's some designers that say, I don't want this big brand. I want to keep it small. There's some designers that are saying that they want to scale. It just depends on what your business objectives are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about like if uh, a designer wants to be just well known? This is one strategy. If he wants to sell, he's like... Uh, clothes or shoes or whatever this is totally different strategy yes so here's the thing a lot of people think that once you get out there you're just gonna go viral in like a week no this industry is a slow burn so a lot of a lot of brands that you're seeing blowing up now it took them a while to get there so i always tell designers like if you're gonna do marketing Give yourself at least six to 12 months to really see, you know, me- you know, some measurable uh, success. It's just not going to happen overnight. It takes time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it important for a brand or a designer to wait for their like, best time for promoting their name on social media? Or it doesn't matter. I mean, like, uh, sometimes it is better mm-hmm. to create uh, like more variation of I don't know clothes or shoes accessories to have uh, like 
small shop or online shop or to have like on Instagram some items which you can send. And after you have to start to promote your like brand name or your, I don't know, designer name. Or uh, like, do you need a special time or you can start it together? like with your like work and your name together to do this promotion. So here's the thing. The moment you have your branding sorted, you need to start promoting right away, even before you have a product, right? So basically what you can do is like, if you already have sketches or you're already working with a factory, behind the scenes stuff, you know, or things that you're working on so people get to know you, they get to know the brand, right? So when you actually do have a product, they're just waiting to buy it at that point. They're not still trying to figure you out and or try to get to know about your brand because you, you're taking them along for the for the journey, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. This is very nice, uh, very useful. This because I feel like maybe sometimes it is better for like a designer to get their like a, I don't know winter collection, for example, uh, and spring summer collection, and only after start to like. To tell people that look, I'm a designer. I have like it's already too late at that point. It's already too late uh, at that point. As soon as you have a brand, and you have yes. an Instagram account, even before you have a product, whatever you're doing at that point, you're, you should be taking the audience along on that journey with you from conception to an actual product. Because they can say, I remember when I jumped on this brand's Instagram, and they just had sketches, and now they have stuff I can buy. Oh yes, I'm definitely going to buy now they're comfortable with you at that point and we're talking about a, a stage of maybe okay so three months after you start branding you're talking about six to nine months that an audience is getting to know you and learn about your brand and seeing what you're doing behind the scenes and working on yeah people love that mm -hmm. people want to see who this person is He's yeah because at that point they're invested they're they're like they're rooting for you to win right when they see you coming from a sketch to you know fabrics to the factory to whatever you're working on behind the scenes yeah you have to be transparent you have to be honest like what kind of uh, uh, <laughs> look you have uh, to present like you are a person or you are a i don't know a brand what? well that's the thing so the way the market is going now people want to see who the creative director is they want to see the person behind the design the person behind the brand and see interactions with them and get to know them right and build a rapport with them because the brands of the future transparency and authenticity are vital no one wants this wizard of oz magic curtain thing anymore that's not going to work people want to know what they're buying into and, and people want to feel like, basically, when, you, when there's a brand, people want to feel like they're part of a tribe. If you look at phones, for example, between Apple and Droid, people buy iPhone not necessarily because it's better than Droid, but they feel a connection to it emotionally. They're part of a tribe of something cool. And, and, and that's really what it is. That's what brands are now, establishing an emotional connection where people feel like they can belong or be part of an experience. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah agree. Uh, what kind of factors influence uh, success in fashion, like for designers or for brands? Being adaptable, number one. Because in fashion, and I say this with experience, anything that can go wrong will go wrong. 
you know, because even at these major brands where people don't know behind the scenes is that the factory's late with the delivery, you know, goods got held up in customs because, you know, they were lost or they were, you know, uh, the in, the uh, commercial invoice was labeled incorrectly. Things will happen, but you have to learn to be flexible, be open to criticism, right? And be willing to make the changes. If, if, you're, if you have an ego, you're not going to be successful in this industry. You have to be, be willing to learn and be open to taking correction and understand it's for your betterment and for the survival of your brand. Yeah. I think this is very difficult part for uh, creative people because they're very sensitive and they can uh, react uh, like... <laughs> yeah, but because I always say does that for, for creative people, your designs or whatever you create is like your child. And yeah. you feel like you're being attacked when people have criticism. Mm -hmm. But criticism can be, even when it's from someone being negative, it can be taken constructively. And say, you know what? That can be a potential customer saying that. What do I need to do to change it to make it better? Mm -hmm. All feedback is better. It's going to make you better. Indeed. I totally agree with you. Uh, when should a new brand or designer think about expanding their business and hiring people? And what should the brand or designer delegate first? And what should they uh, concentrate their time on more? Like priorities. <laughs> uh, brand should hire people as soon as they can. I mean, it depends on how large the business is and how much business you're doing. You know, and if the business can afford it. But I have to say that if designers should outsource anything, it should be accounting, social media, because you don't need to be on Instagram all day. You have a business to run. You can't be on Instagram, right? The, the, the better the, a designer's time is best spent doing business development because you need sales. You need sales to make a profit. So like I said, social media, accounting, um, administrative things, invoices, stuff like that. If you can delegate that to a third party, perfect. There are people on like Fiverr, you know, um, where you can say, hey, I need a virtual assistant to do this and that for me. And you can set it up and let them do it. Yeah. Or invest in a, in a virtual assistant, period. Like some kind of company or freelancer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh for example, are you uh, able to do like an audit, audit <laughs> of a brand or designer and predict whether or not the idea or like a product will definitely work? Is it possible? I don't like to say the word predict because fashion is unpredictable. Like, for example, I never thought Birkenstocks would still be a thing. I thought it would have been canceled. Uh, you know, after 2014, but it's still here and it's growing bigger. So you, so you never really know, right? But what I can say is because I'm, as a consultant, I try to think like a customer and not as a designer. And I had a situation a while ago where a designer was making these handbags. Um, they were like luxury handbags. They want, she was charging about $1,000 for them, but they were made in China. And when I looked at her website, you know, the website was very basic. And I'm like, yeah. And, and it had like the PayPal symbol on it, which I always say, if you're selling luxury, no one, no one wants to see PayPal. They want to see a purchasing system that they can trust. 
yeah. right? Because identity theft is real, you know, um, stealing people's uh, credit card information, all of those things can happen. So people want to know that when they're shopping on your site, it's secure. And I said, because your products are made in China, how are you justifying a thousand dollar price point with something made in China? You know, if it were made in the U.S. or made in France or Italy, yes, because people know that um, the workers are being paid a livable wage. And given that it's a major city, cost of living is higher. But no one's going to pay that kind of money for China. Right. So, yeah, I can basically look at a website and say, OK, that's not luxury. Luxury is not a price tag. Luxury is, you know, a part of it is, is craftsmanship, scarcity and exclusivity. Those are the three core principles of luxury. The price that I always say the price tag is just the price to access, you know, to access whatever you're selling. That's that's it. The luxury is more than the price tag. So, yeah, I can basically I typically do brand audits often. I'm actually going to do brand audits, uh, brand audits next week on Clubhouse during a fashion panel, fashion incubator where I'm going to have designers come up to the stage with my other team, you know, team members, my other colleagues, and we're going to look at their website, look at their Instagram, their products and say, Hey, yeah, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. Uh, what about, um, is it possible to test a new product and how should the brand and designer do it? I mean, for example, I have uh, only shoes. I'm mm -hmm. a designer or I'm a brand, I sell only shoes and I'm thinking about bugs. Do I need to, to create something as a test version to understand like uh, people uh, like it or maybe they don't like it or maybe they like the manufacturer like doesn't worth it. Like is it possible like uh, to, to do like this to test product and how like designers or brands have to do it well if you have an established brand mm -hmm. something an easy way to test uh the market your instagram stories you can take a sketch or something that you're working on and put up a poll do you love it yay or nay mm -hmm. Uh -huh. Put it to your audience, yes. you know, and see what the response is before before taking it to the next level of making the investment um, beyond beyond a sample or beyond a sketch. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's that's one way to do it. Or or you can take a sample and do a pre-order with your audience to see just to generate interest to see how many people are actually interested in purchasing that sample that you have. Those are, those are the, you know, the, the two ways off, you know, off the top of my head that I can think of. What about social media platforms? Is it important to have everywhere accounts like on TikTok, Instagram, Clubhouse, YouTube? I love you this can... question. I love <laughs> this question because I always say, listen, you need to be where your audience is hanging out. So that depends on who your customer is, right? If your customer is hanging out on TikTok, then that's where you need to be, right? But people who are hanging out on TikTok are not necessarily going to be on Pinterest. They're not necessarily going to be on Twitter. So once you identify who you're, who you're targeting, then you understand where they're hanging out and that's where you should be. So you don't need five different social media to be on five different social media platforms. You might just need to be on one or two. And that's it. Because remember now, every platform you're on, you have to develop and create content 
for each of those platforms and the, and the content structure is different. They have to choose those which has your followers, your audience, yes? Yeah. Thank you. This is yes, a really very important question, especially like for, <laughs> for a new brand. Uh, do you think uh, it is a good idea for a new brand to start by selling someone else's clothes and then build their own brand, like off uh, the back of that? I mean, like, if, for example, uh, I like, like, the shop Aces, mm -hmm. <laughs> which sells, like, uh, uh, Adidas, Levi's, like, all kinds of brands, and mm -hmm. they have their own brand. And But I think they just started later. First, they just uh, sold, like, other brands, and, mm -hmm. and after they set up their own brand. What do you think for a brand or for a designer is it like a good way to start like this? It's, it depends on what your goals are. I mean, because they're two separate businesses, you still have to pay attention to both in their own way. It's, it's like double the work. I just feel like if you have an idea of something that you want to share with the market, then focus on that. Focus on that. It's, it's much less work. Yeah. Something wrong with the connection. Can you, can you hear see me? me? Yes, I can hear you. Oh, finally, there's something wrong with the internet. Oh, with the, with the Instagram. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, next question. Uh, can you help create an image and the design uh, of how an image like works for brand or a designer. For example, is it possible to help like a new designer or a brand to create uh, his or her image on social media? Uh, like the key elements should be taken into consideration when brands are creating their image on social media. Like, like is it yeah. like possible that a consultant help like helps me like to do it? Or I have to start to do it as a brand and part of that's what I do. So a designer will come to me and tell me what their vision is for the brand. And then I'll get into who their customer is. And then I will help to, I will use, I will create a mood board with the designer to say, okay, what is the story you want to tell? Right? So basically, I am doing that when they're getting started. I'm helping them to craft what that image should look like, not as the designer, but as the third party. Meaning that I'm looking at it from a perspective of how a customer would be looking at it, as opposed to a designer. So yeah, that's the very first part that I work on with a designer before we talk about clothing, or excuse me, not clothing necessarily, but before we talk about designs and selling products and marketing, that's the number one thing we discuss branding and the brand's image and how it's going to be presented to the market. For example, for a designer who has his image, but he wants to change it, like, I don't like my... Uh, yeah, that's a rebrand. Yeah, that's called yes. a rebrand. Yes. Yeah, it's possible. Listen, companies rebrand, I don't want to say all the time, mm -hmm. but it's known to happen. Over oh. a period of time, brands will change their their brand identity, which is their logo or the font or the color, or they will change directions or they'll create an entirely new, it's like Gap, okay? 
Gap has Gap, then they have Old Navy, then they have Banana Republic, right? So just with those three alone, the entire image is different between those three brands, even though it's the same parent company, right? So you can, so basically you can, you can have a brand and create a subsidiary that's a whole different image from the original. There are plenty of brands that have that. You know, Ralph Lauren has subsidiary brands. Um, Coach has, you know, a coach and then they have outlet. So it, it's possible. It is important, yes, just to uh, remind your audience, like, look, I have something new, just <laughs> come to check, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's, it, it's possible. Because this uh, I observed uh, on makeup brands and like some uh, skincare products, when they change their like the package or the bottles, I want to buy it. And I was like surprised, oh, wow, why designers don't do this? Because this is such a nice idea and such a nice like trick to get uh, like, like your maybe from another audience or from your like old audience like attention to come and buy uh, again. Maybe he or she forgot about you. But yeah, I but sometimes people, people sometimes people rebrand because they want to reach out to a younger audience or a different demographic altogether, right? So if they're maybe if they're going younger, they try to freshen up their look to appeal to a younger audience, right? For example, like kind of like um, what Gucci's doing now, like these uh, luxury brands targeting millennials. Millennials are you know, the generation now that we are the adults, we have the disposable income, right? And we're the generation that's starting families now. So because of that, you know, the other age demographics are beginning to age out. And what these brands do is that before that happens, they try to attract a younger market. This is why you see Gucci getting into streetwear and other brands like Louis Vuitton getting into streetwear because they know there's that younger generation in there that as they mature, they'll like the classic stuff more or the, you know, the more expensive products. Yeah, so it's, it's not unheard of. Mm -hmm. uh, what about retail platforms? Is it important to sell your product on Amazon or eBay or uh, IASAS and other platforms? It depends on what your brand goals are and what your brand is about. For example, if you're a luxury brand or you're trying to build a luxury brand, you're not going to want to be on Amazon, right? Uh, um, if, right. If you're a designer that likes to make one made-to-order pieces or one-off pieces, Etsy would be like a great platform for you. So it just depends on your business goals and, you know, what kind of fashion are you creating? So you don't need to be on all platforms or you may not need to be on any. You may just need to have your own website and then focus on maybe doing wholesale, you know, with retailers. So it just depends. Mm -hmm. yeah. Is it better to start a fashion career in Paris or New York? What do you think? I mean, there is no better, right? It's, they're just different. New York is different than Paris. And I can say this as a New Yorker who now <laughs> lives in Paris, they're similar, but they're still two different cities. So there is no better. I will say that here fashion is seen as a, respect, a respectable and dignified career as opposed to in the States. 
But like I said, it depends on your goals. It's either city is a great option to start a career. Yeah. Especially for, uh, as a designer, yes, you just have to choose like which is better like for you. Uh. <laughs> well, well, not better, but what makes sense for you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Great. And why did you choose Paris? Why do you like it? Um, truth be told, I always thought I'd end up in Italy. I, I don't know. I went, when I went to design school, I went to FIT. We did study abroad. I came here and fell in love with this place. And I was like, someday I will move back here. And here I am. Yeah, great. Yeah. Wow. Like a uh, wish came true. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, maybe, Mal, would you like to tell something like for people who just will come later to join us, some information about your uh, services or about your like social media accounts, where they can find you, like where they can interact with you. Okay, so I be, like I said um, earlier, I'm a fashion business consultant. I give independent designers the tools and resources to take their concepts to brands. Okay, so basically I will work with a designer to flesh out their idea I will help them with their branding um, and their brand identity, help them with product development. So this could be connecting them to manufacturers and you know, domestically based to get their products um, produced or their, their, their samples with marketing. Um, and also, like I said, uh, we have a I have a team of people I work with. Um, so it's PR, it's graphic, you know, social media. So basically I help to do that and also make the introductions to other resources they may need. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, Thank you very much for your uh, interview, for your recommendations, for your tips. No, it was a pleasure to be here. Yes, this uh, live talk will be on IGTV and later I will upload it on my podcast with okay. your also media links included and thank you so much thank you for having me yeah <laughs> thank you have a nice day have a nice week you